Welcome, everybody, to the Eyes on Big Podcast, your go-to Big Ten football podcast. I'm your co-host, Jeffrey the Greek, joined, as always, by... This is Big Kurt. Big Kurt, you on Twitter? Big Kurt on Twitter at B1GKURT. I am Jeffrey the Greek at Jeffrey the Greek. We really appreciate you listening. We even appreciate a little bit more when you share. If you haven't subscribed, shame on you. Please subscribe. Easiest thing in the world to do. So, where do you want to start tonight, man? Oh, boy. It's been an interesting night for Kurt. <laughs> We're going to leave the interesting stuff, I would say, off the podcast. So guess where I'm going okay. tomorrow. Yeah, so we're, we're recording this a day earlier than usual. Yes. Because I got to leave for a work trip. What place is known for crab cakes and football? Maryland, baby. That's where I'm going. Baby. Nice. Yeah. Not hey, for the crab, the crab cakes are a real oh, thing. They are point. phenomenal. Okay. So I'm taking a customer there, right? I go there for work. Probably twice a year. Okay. So I've been there probably 30 times, right? Every time I go, I try every meal to have crab cakes. That's my goal. Uh. As, as much as possible, lunch and dinner, crab cakes. Even the places you think are going to be bad or good. But I have my favorite, and we're taking my customer to my favorite crab, crab cake joint. Nice. Oh, I can't wait. It's like... Uh... They do so much better job. It's just like lightly crusted, typically. Oh, very lightly, yeah. Like it's it's enough to crunch and to taste it, and but it doesn't it. overtake the crab. Yes. That's what makes it so good. I can't wait. I'm jealous of you, man. Yeah. I love seafood. I do too. I and whenever crab- I hit a coast, I'm I'm going Me seafood. Me too. And crab cakes might be my favorite. Like my that favorite would be se- putting it out there. A I love bit. oysters. I love crab cakes. I mean any kind of fish, I suppose, but it's I had right a, up there for me. I had a work training trip in New England at mm-hmm. the end of the week. It was some chowda. It was no, it was it was crap. Or jeez, uh, New England, Maine. Okay. And oh, we, I love Maine. And then we got lobster. Uh, for I the don't Thursday. like lobster. Man, you get every every now and then you just share a food thing with me that just yeah. baffles me. I mean, you, I can eat it. I just I don't know why, why people... you can't eat lobster. You know, every other weekend, it's it's too rich. But yeah, it's a little too rich. Yeah. Right, but once a year. Have you ever had Maine lobster though? Not in Maine, and I—I I mean, that's oh, actually where... no. I have a little bit. Like I had like a, a dish that had some lobster in okay. it in Maine. Oof, man, it's good stuff. It's okay. Reminds me of the Seinfeld episode when. Uh, oh yeah, <laughs> I just watched that one the other day. Real, yeah, yeah. scrambled the eggs <laughs> with the Maine lobster. Okay, all right. Um, so we've got uh, not as many games, so no. we've got actually a couple of uh, housekeeping items to go through. So go. Yeah, we can kind of take it slow, take our time. Right? Yeah, yeah. Housekeeping. No, thank you. Sleeping. Housekeeping. All right, so Arizona State at Michigan State. We know there was that controversial play at the end of the game, that field goal. Pac-12 officiating crew admits error on the final play. They said, quote, should have been a foul called for leaping. And this was, of course, on the field goal attempt where the, the guy jumped over. Clear, blatant foul. Um, it would have been an untimed down from 15 yards Closer, further up. Yep. So it would have been a 27-yard field goal. Correct. And you got to imagine he knocks that one through. You would think. He'd struggled in that game he did. mightily, but yeah. the chances obviously go way up. So when I heard that, the thing that sticks out more than anything is, oh, Pac-12 crew. Yeah, I know. This Isn't is that a- weird? So they obviously, if it was a, so then maybe if it was big a Big Ten team playing a Pac-12 team in the college football playoff, there is no way a Big Ten uh, crew or Pac-12 crew is doing no. that. They they would definitely have like an ACC crew, whatever. Um, there's a ton of money going around this sport. Point being, enough to fly officiating crews around if need be. I think you, you can't 
bring in a nine Pac-12 or Big Ten. Well, but don't you game? think it was part of the contract that they signed for the home and home? Like probably last year in Arizona, it was a Big Ten crew. I'm guessing. I think it's stupid both ways. I think it, I'm not saying it's not stupid, but I'm. I mean, they they probably agreed to it. Yeah. No, I'm. I just don't think it should be something that should ever be agreed to. It no. should be a third party officiating. Bring crew. in a Mac crew. Whatever. Anybody. Swack. <laughs> sure. Cusa. Whatever. Bring in a different crew to do these games. Yeah, I like, agree. I would even think officials would be down with it because they get to they would be able to travel around the country a little bit more in the yeah. first month of the season and see a couple different games. Sure. You know, like I don't know. That's just weird. It was know. weird. All right, let's do some injuries. Indiana quarterback Michael Penix, shoulder injury. Still don't know if he's gonna play or not. Yep. Not ruled out, but but he's questionable. Purdue quarterback Elijah Sindelar. Still concussed. I love saying concussed. Yeah, it's a fun word to say. It's a lot better than saying he has a concussion. He's How many concussed. Have had? How many have I had? Yeah. Two, I think. Okay. Yourself? Three. Okay. Worst one I got, older brother. Oh, really? When okay. I was like 12 years old. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I've been concussed. Yeah. Uh, it's a funny <laughs> feeling, man. <laughs> it, it is. It's uh, trippy. I, I, I lost time for a little oh, bit. Oh, you definitely lose yeah. time. Yeah. And it's funny. to I was on film. Like, it was during a game. Right. And then I'm watching myself. Not you don't remember. Yeah, any of it's it. the coolest thing. It was kind of fun, actually. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'd go on to do that many more times in life for other reasons. <laughs> right. uh, Rutgers quarterback, McLean Carter, also concussed. Yeah. Not sure if he's going to play. This one just came out today. Michigan State left tackle. Kevin Jarvis, undisclosed injury, is out. Definitely out for several weeks. So this adds to Starting the fact, left tackle. Starting left tackle adds to the fact that offensive lineman Cole Chewins is has also been out and maybe out. out again. Correct. So this may explain a little bit of the the problems that Sparty's had in offense, but and and it's not getting uh, any easier. Mc, for and uh, Jalen Naylor out Naylor earlier was out. So again, the the injury bug has just decimated Boy, they just East have Lansing. Horrible luck, don't they? All on the side, of, like you feel like they could lose three or four guys on the defense and still be okay. <laughs> it would be still, probably still really good. Still pretty like, good. Like at this point, I would think uh, D'Antonio would like, can we trade a couple defensive backs or a linebacker for yeah. a couple of these guys to come back on offense? But yeah, that's no fun. All right, that's all I got for housekeeping. Other than the, did you want to talk about the the snafus between the Iowa and Iowa State athletic departments? Yeah, I think we should bring it up. Uh, just to quickly get through it to show that we're trying not to avoid it. I got to be honest with you. I, I'm happy to say I was swamped at work today, so I missed a ton of it. But mm -hmm. basically there is uh, mudslinging or however you want to say it, going back and forth between uh, the Iowa and Iowa State athletic departments. Um, there's been long talks for years and years. Does this series keep going on? Most of it came from Iowa fans. At one point, I will admit I was definitely one of them. Like, what do we yeah. get out of this game? The the reward of winning it, you know, is very uh, is quite underneath the reward of of or uh, the uh, risk. risk of losing yeah, sure. it. Um, so that's the backdrop. I would say now after the game, crazy day, emotional day. Um, apparently a Iowa band member got his ribs broke. Allegedly. Allegedly. We don't even we don't know. know yet, but yeah. that's the rumor is, is a band member got, got punched. So um, and then I, from result of a punch from the a punch of some of sort a fan. of, we don't even know that don't I know can't, that. that's okay. speculation too, so but allegedly a band member has some broken ribs from, we don't know what, okay. Continue. From an alleged Iowa state fan or whatever. Okay. Um, Gary Barda, I was athletic director, released a statement that said, you know, the um, uh, health of our students, 
student athletes. I don't, I don't have a band member. No, <laughs> I don't think so. Just student. call them a student. In their mind, student. it probably does. But, um, you know, and I understand from Bart's point of view, any athletic director's point of view in this day and age, you have to have some sort of declarative statement to make sure they know that the safety of the band members traveling to and from is very important. Uh, I guess my take is, just like anything these days, is it that big a deal? Like, I don't get me wrong. If me and a buddy are going to a game and he gets attacked and punched and ribs broke, I'm pissed. It's a big, right. that's a big deal. We don't need to make a national spectacle that, of it. That's is what you're saying. Yeah, I guess that's what I'm saying. The other thing I would say is if me and a buddy are going to a game and he gets attacked and ribs broke because he was being a then jackass, like, yeah. yeah, that's he, what you deserve. Right. You were being a. And we probably don't know any of that, I assume. Right. So, I mean, it's gone down, and, and Jamie Pollard, the Iowa State athletic director, made comments back, but not a statement, just making a statement on a ra- local radio show. He's. Jamie, I'm obviously I'm biased, but I think he's quite the jackass. Okay. Um, so he made statements back. Here's my whole thing. How about you just don't send the the opposing band to oh, the school? You know, like so I found out that the Nebraska band is coming to Illinois. I'm like, well, what the there, hell? There's there's always one or two games where the band takes a trip. It's a big deal for them. Listen, okay. I'm an ex athlete, but like as an Illinois fan, I don't want the band. The of course, other team's band there. No, I don't. I would not either. Um, here I'm. I'm gonna do the let's, let's ban the bands right well, now. Well, okay. I'm I'm gonna do the the tootsum talk out of okay. two sides of my mouth. I the bands are a part of college football, and they're a great part of college okay. football. It, it is one of those things that separates college football from yes, the NFL. It, would you agree? It is. I, I'm By not the way, saying. I really liked Iowa State's fight song. Okay, um, I liked it. <laughs> I don't care if you didn't like it. Um, go clones. So what? Jeez, man, what are you doing over I here? I was really getting into it. Actually, okay. I was—I loved that. Um, yeah, well, and that's the festivities of the day. Obviously, have played into this. The emotion—you add in a three-hour break, and you know, right. uh, human nature a lot takes of whiskey. over. Yeah, you get tired. You're sure. a little groggy from all the the beers, all that stuff. So, anyways, uh, the, the band—I think that's where we're at before. Uh, the band <laughs> is a part of the day, right? It's a—it's a big. Sure. It's a part of college football, but. It's not such a big a college part of college football where, where it's it needs be to move around to different stadiums. Yeah. Yeah. Think about the money that would be saved from any. Yeah, like you don't have to put the band up in the crowd or anything like that. You know, like that's more tick. I, I, like, I thought the just, band is to pump up your crowd and your I team. Just, it's it's weird to me. And I don't in like the, In the end, if this was just you know, uh, Dale Smith from Boone, Iowa, that's an actual town. Okay, that was drunk. And beat somebody up. Right. I, I don't know what to tell you. He got drunk and he was being stupid. Sure. I don't know. Okay. There's a Boone, Missouri, too. Is there? Okay. There is. Um, another, just since we have a little bit of shorter, you know, teams to go over, I just thought I'd bring some stuff up. I've been watching a lot of yeah. Big Ten Network stuff. Um, Good stuff. So the first thing I, I've wanted to say this for the past three weeks is welcome back Matt Millen. Um, yeah. I don't know if you saw the behind the scenes, but that dude was on his deathbed. Oh, yeah, he absolutely was. I mean, he could hardly stand up without losing his breath. I He's, mean, I'll, I'll be honest. I thought he was just a goner. We thought he was dead. Yeah. A year ago or so. Or so He's saying I, it. Yep. And he fought back. Like, I know that guy has gotten a lot of crap for being the, the lions the GM, GM yeah. back in the day. And he yeah. drafted a wide receiver every year or whatever. <laughs> but I tell you what, 
you don't ascend to that level of professionalism unless you're a competitor. He obviously yeah. has an athletic background as and well. And he's really good calling games. He's awesome. Yeah. I, I like when Matt Millen calls I do too. Iowa games. Yeah. And I'm glad he's still alive, and I just want to Me give too. him props. Yep. Um, and then on the shows, I've been, you know, I watch a ton of the uh, the, the BTN live shows. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to give props to Joshua Perry. He's brand new this new year. New one, yeah. He's doing a good job. A young man, ex-Ohio State, D-lineman, I think maybe linebacker. I can't really remember. But for a first time, a I think it was D-line. Yeah. For the first time in that role, he's doing great. He, he's he's comfortable. He looks pretty That's comfortable, That's what I'm right? saying. He's very comfortable yeah. behind the, the camera. So I just want to give him props for that. And then I, I just think the shows feel better this year like they've Im- they've improved over the years for sure um maybe jay layman and that's jay the letter J, correct x illini yes. linebacker either jay has toned it down or i've just gotten used to jay but well, i just <laughs> i like i like jay layman man he's pretty hyper but he's, he's definitely but that's part of his charm it's it's part of his charm but i yeah i think he in his, you know, as he ages, I think he's he's getting more mellow, like a, a wine, right? You know, so he is taming down, tapering a little bit, yeah. Because I used to just, I would openly laugh because he was just so freaking Crazy. hyper, right? Even though I, I, I'm biased, but I love him as an analyst, um, in studio, that is, yeah. Colin he's that's a good as, calling. No, that's a good calling. Games, games, that's yeah, not he's his great strength. in the studio, but um, but yeah, he has calmed down a little bit because I don't find myself opening openly laughing at him yeah and i think there's times i would just cringe a little bit i don't find myself doing that and then dave wants that he's still crazy yeah he is <laughs> i still don't know if he knows where he's at after <laughs> like i think they ask him a question and he just completely misses the point yeah goes off in his own direction and then and then all of this to me you know is is a part of the btn fox mem- you know team that's been made uh, the Fox crew is pretty darn good. Mm-hmm. It is definitely growing on me. I think a ton of people, if I'm reading Twitter right, hate to admit it, but they really like Urban Meyer yeah. uh, breaking film down, and sure. he comes on the BTN shows, and he oh, and, he's great when he like demos, you know, like an offensive philosophy. Yeah, that's oh, it's gold. And the other thing that I notice is whenever he talks, Matt Liner and um, Reggie, uh, Bush. Reggie Bush are just glued to what he's saying <laughs> almost like it's like he's still a coach and they're still the players right and like everybody knows that's the leader on the set do, do you not feel that does that not come through the tv yeah for you? But, i guess i feel that yeah but i do like the show and it's it's it doesn't have any of the shtick of game day so i appreciate that it's just pure football yeah and i and again i maybe i'm just showing my biasness for fox over top of espn but i think joel Klatt and Love gus joel johnson Klatt. If they are not Gus is awesome. If they're not the best crew for college football right now, because Herb Street still still does a good job, like Herbie. Yeah, he's he, but the big game feel that 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 uh, Joel Clad and Gus, especially obviously especially Gus does. Gus is just awesome, dude. He is gonna go down as one of the best. Yeah, yeah. I'm just yeah. It's one of those things. And I hope where, he sticks with Fox. Yeah, I hope so too. Or just college football in general. Yeah, sometimes true. you feel like they they all of a sudden yeah. want to go to the NFL, but. Uh, all right, so is that is that kind of it? I think for that's the, it. Let's yeah. let's jump into the games. All right, we'll get right into the games. How many games we got? We got six. Mm. We only got six games. So it must be twelve teams playing from the Big Ten, right? Not quite the mm. case. We have five teams that are idle this week. Yes, sir. Iowa, 
Maryland, Minnesota, Penn State, and Purdue are all idle. So that leaves six games all take place on Saturday, September 21st. So as usual, we'll go through these chronological and we will save the Big Ten game of the week for last. So first game up, the 2-1 and one Michigan State Spartans traveling to Evanston to take on the 1-1 one and one Northwestern Wildcats. This is an 11 o'clock a.m. game on ABC. Started out with Sparty favored by 6.5, gone all the way up a field goal to 9.5. The over-under has actually grown <laughs> to 39 and a half. What do we okay. got? All right. So the overall series, Michigan State leads 37 to 20. These teams did not play from 1929 to 1958. And they're both in the Big Ten? Aha! Michigan State didn't join until 1950, but they still didn't play yeah. until 1958. Isn't that weird? That is weird to me. Yeah. Um, so... This this surprised me. I always forget that Michigan State was the late 1950, late I believe, yeah. was their first football season yeah, in the Big crazy. Ten. Um, Mark D'Antonio, he, in Evanston, he's played five times. What do you think his record is? Two and three. It's four and one. It's, really? It seems like, okay. I know. I it always feel like run. they go there and don't play very well. Yeah, okay. Interesting. And I, I, I went into their history looking for that, and I couldn't believe it. he's four and one there. That does surprise me. Yeah. It's crazy. To be honest with you, I thought you were catching me. I thought maybe it was going to be one and four. No. So then I propped it a game up. So, well, that is surprising. All right. So since we're getting into Big Ten play here, yeah. I thought it was probably time to add in yards per play differential. Sure. Let's do it. So I went and calculated all of those. Michigan State sitting at a plus 2.3 yards per play differential. Northwestern at a negative 0.2, continuing their trend from last year. Yeah. Um, the thing that is hard for me to shake right now is uh, – that first game with Northwestern, uh, it was a, a slog fest with Stanford. Yeah. Um, a Stan team that resembles Michigan State in yeah. their philosophy anyway. Well, philosophy. Philosophy. Uh, the, current, so the current looks get is where I'm getting at. Stanford has gotten walloped. Yes. Since that game. I know. They are a, a disappointing one and two that could potentially be getting worse. Um Taking UCF to cover, which I think it was seven and a half points this past weekend, with was was easy money that I didn't take. It just was okay. there, and I'm I'm ticked off about it. But it, it's weird to me, it, which concerned me if I'm a Northwestern fan that they weren't able to beat that Stanford team. That seems Absolutely. to be now. I will admit KJ Costello went out in that game. Yeah. But he went out early. He went out before halftime. Um, and also the Stanford defense. That, that that it's been the same defense the whole year, and they've obviously just gotten shredded ever since. Then. Right? Does that not shine a not so not so positive light on the Northwestern offense? Okay, and, and Hunter Johnson looked terrible against Stanford. Stanford, and he looked a little better against lower competition. How is he going to look against this fearsome I, that's, Michigan State? That was defense? my whole lead in. Is how is that going to look? I don't think it's going to look very good. How is the Northwestern run game that's so dinged up? No, they had a good week last week, but again against UNLV. How are they going to look against this defense that only forces teams to go backwards? Yeah. Because um, right now, it, it definitely seems to me that Northwestern really wants to get the run game going and then get any any young quarterback. Okay, I don't care if he's a five-star quarterback or a two-star quarterback that's worked his way up the ring. If it's a young quarterback, this is his second start. You want to get him in more manageable downs, right? Yeah. You want to get him to second and short and third sure. and short. So you're going to want to run the ball, right? 
Do you think they're going to be able to run the ball? No, I don't. Versus Michigan State. Not at all. So, obviously, and then on the, on the, on the other side, Michigan State, um, I feel like we've seen enough now. We know what it is, right? Yeah, I'm not confident in their offense at all. So against a really good Northwestern defense, I mean, I don't, I'm not confident in that Sparty O against anyone, but yeah. especially against the Northwestern defense, it's yeah. pretty feisty themselves. Um, so <laughs> how can they possibly get to 39? It, I, it's there were looking at the Sparty over under last week, you know, and and I think Arizona State's probably got a little bit more pop on offense than Northwestern. Yeah. Um, I think, I think and, they do. And I, I, it, the over under got low enough where I'm like, okay, that's quite low. And at some point you talk yourself into the whole Vegas is begging you to do this thing. Yeah, it know. went under by 30 points. I mean, that's I how know. far under or almost 30 points last week. I mean, it was insane. I, I, I like the under. I don't know what else to say. I, I, I think I this, don't like the under. I love the under. You, you love the under. But I also think the spread's just too big because I just don't think Sparty can score that go. many points. Like, I, I really everything, like there's a ton of well. things that we're talking about here that would lend itself to believe that Michigan State would, would win the game, right? I think Michigan State. <laughs> here we go. I was going to say, I think they're going to win the game. But then I thought about, you know, I thought about Fitz sitting yeah. there. Oh, they, I got them right where, I, where they right. are. Yeah. So, uh, okay. I'm definitely taking Northwestern and and the nine, nine and a half. If that thing gets up to ten, I like it even more. If you put, put it, if you're eleven gonna, in some places, yeah, and then it's kind of come back down. If you're gonna put a gun to my head, because I, I like I, this is one of those weird games where I feel like it's almost easier to pick against the spread than the winner of the game. I don't know if that makes yeah. any sense. I'm going to take Northwestern to win the game. Are you really? Yes. No kidding. Like, I'm going to learn from past. The, the <laughs> Even fitness. after that D'Antonio stat I threw out there. Yeah. I'm, I, I, I'm going I'm to pick, well, pick Northwestern to win the game, which obviously means I, I, I like Northwestern in the points. Okay. Well, Graham Couch, you know who he is? I think he's a writer out of Lansing. He's, he basically covers Michigan State uh, basketball and football. Uh, he said, quote, never in the Mark D'Antonio era have I seen – Michigan State fan base this fed up. Yeah. I the thing that has gone through my head is the coaching staff, okay? Everybody's made a lot about the shuffling of the decks on the, you know, shuffling of the, the chairs uh, on, chairs the on the Titanic with the <laughs> offensive staff. How about this? Like the whole one-year contract thing. Are they just completely uh looking for jobs and distracted right Gosh, now cuz they they all have a feeling that they're not coming back next year. I don't know. I can't. Is it, but I, I know that's a little conspiracy theorist. But is it that bad of a conspiracy theory? I don't know. Far fetched. I mean, if it is their last year, wouldn't they like want to go out with a bang? Yeah, maybe. Wouldn't they be more I focused? Know. I just think it's distracting. All, all. Uh, yeah. Or maybe they're just getting so freaking frustrated. At the fans offense. are getting frustrated because they teams want to see offense. Yeah. It, 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 at some point. Everybody, everybody loves and respects a great defense, but putting points on the board yeah, is exciting. Right, thirty nine. Yeah, still seems high to you. It seems so high to me. I mean, twenty one to thirteen. Right, that's still under. Yeah, it's under. I mean, not by, not by a ton, but it's under. Do you trust either of these teams to score twenty one on each other? And and a big part of that is I respect the defenses. Oh, I know. Yeah, that's what I'm talking right. about. Right. No, I don't. No. Take I the really under. like that under. Okay. <laughs> Take it, baby. It's oh, I, I already took it, but that makes sense right. more. 
Next game up, one and one UConn traveling into Bloomington, Indiana to take on the two and one Hoosiers. Eleven o'clock AM game on BTN. The line is Hoosiers by a robust twenty-seven. The over/under is fifty-eight. Uh, safe to say, the previous two encounters, IU was not favored by twenty-seven. Two and zero UConn is against the Hoosiers. Really, two thousand three and two thousand six. Mercy. Wow. Oh, Hoosiers. Uh, so UConn sitting at a negative zero point seven yards per play. Indiana at a negative zero point eight yards per play. Part of that is Ohio. That's Ohio State. That's Ohio State right there. there. That's yeah. right. I, I would like to know what that stat was pre pre Buckeye. I agree. Yeah, I would like to know that too. So Pettix is out. This is official. Well, we, we, it, it, he's gif, he's gippy at, or we don't know that. Okay. But my guess is why would you put why would you play him? Just play Peyton Ramsey. Yeah, you should be able to Just beat UConn wait till with Peyton he's Ramsey. Perfectly healthy. Yeah. Ramsey is a perfectly good substitute. Yeah. I don't know why you would play Penix in this game. So a little bit about you would know the most about UConn than most people, right? Right. So UConn is a running team. But they th- this freshman quarterback played against Illinois. And I know it's an Illinois defense. He carved him up. He was good. He he has a good arm. Now I don't know if he's going to be the one playing. He he was actually subbing for a, another quarterback. Okay. So I'm curious how they're going to look passing the ball against Indiana. You got to hope Indiana can do a better job than Illinois and slow them down through the air because Illinois stopped him on the. Ground. But we just talked on the last podcast that we have been underwhelmed by the Hoosier yes. defense. I think the fans would probably agree with our assessment there. Yeah. Um. Can is can Indiana just shake off the Buckeye Blas? Like, do they have the ability to compartmentalize that and say, okay, we we played a college football playoff contender last week. Let's move on. I mean, that's up to the coaching staff with Allen to get get them to do that. Here's what I want to see. I, I want to see Stevie Scott. That's I, I, I me wanna, too. Do you know how many yards he's got? He's so only got like a hundred, hundred eighteen yards. There you go. And I know he's had limited carries with this, but. That was the Hoosier team last year. Was when he got rolling. absolutely. Um, and and if he gets rolling, Penix would be a weapon too. But Peyton Ramsey would do just fine. Peyton Ramsey's gonna see be that. fine. Um, UConn was idle last week. Yep. We so bring that up. They come in a little bit fresh, and IU comes in with their butts kicked from from Ohio State. But you got to figure they're thinking, wow, what a relief. We don't have to play Ohio State this week. We just get to beat up on lowly UConn, right? Yeah. I think so. I had I figured when I led you into UConn, you would go back to what you talked about in a previous podcast. Which, and I I watched parts of the UConn Illinois mm-hmm. game too. I did come away impressed with the quarterback. Yeah, I have yet to be impressed with the Indiana defense. No, do I love the over? No, but I would swing on the way of over. This has uh, eleven o'clock shootout. It just seems like Indiana's okay. been in a ton of those over mm-hmm. the years, so that's how the feel I got for it. And I think twenty-seven points is too much. I, yeah. I I think this would be closer to like a thirteen to seventeen point win. Yeah. So I I also want to see the run game wake up, and I think it does. I think this is when they do start running the ball finally with Stevie Scott. But twenty-seven. That's a lot. That, that's way too many points for this. I, I really like UConn covering that twenty-seven. I'm gonna lean under here though. Okay. All right. All right, that leads us to the lowly Jayhawk Bowl. Two and one mm. Boston College at one and one Rutgers. It's an 11 o'clock a.m. game on BTN. The line is Boston College, the Eagles by seven. A robust over under at 57.5. I 
I call this the Jayhawk Bowl because yeah. unfortunate uh, loss last year for Rutgers, and last week Boston College got their doors blown off by the Jayhawks. You lost to Kansas at, at home, forty-eight to twenty-four. First road game that in forty-eight tries the, they had forty-nine. Lost, this that, would have been right, their fiftieth. I, I have 48 okay. game road skid. Either know, way, 20, it's bad. Okay. <laughs> it's pretty bad. I think we're Either way. arguing semantics here at this yeah. point. But I'm really concerned about the BC defense. They gave up 329 rush yards to Kansas. What is it about these two teams? Now, Kansas, Puka. Puka? Yeah, Puka his, Williams. Yeah, yeah, he's I good. He's, he's good. very good. He's good. But, but I tell you what, Rutgers has got a good I know. running attack, too. So I think we're going to see some points Okay. Here, right? Okay. I don't like going over much, but I think I'm going over this one. Well, I, I, I think Rutgers' defense is is better than what people are giving a little bit credit for. I, 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 when I watched Rutgers the last couple weeks, when they came alive in the second half in okay. the homeowner home opener, they had pockets of time. They've got a big 96 defensive lineman. I can't remember his name. That guy was a disruptor. Okay. I, I will stand by that I think Rutgers, by and large, is improved at almost every position from last year. So I think they're really? improved at almost every position on the defense. Okay. okay. The quarterback has been so that's, awful. That's so my here's question. what so here's what I'm looking at. Yeah. Run the ball, Rutgers. Right. Take the pressure off of your quarterback. Okay, but is McLean Carter even gonna play? And if so, he doesn't play then it's our boy Art. Then then you can just stack the box. Art's not gonna kill you. Run it anyways. Okay. They have got good running backs. I know they do, but, but how 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 many running lanes can they open? Enough. Okay. A, a pair, I mean, they've been running the ball well. They've they been have. running the ball well. That was their the game plan that they screwed up versus Iowa. They they just did not commit to the run okay. good enough. And I think you are definitely going to see that here. They're also they were they were idle last week too. Yes. That should play into it. So I'm going to take the under. Because I okay. do think there will be a lot of rushing attempts that will yeah, shorten the game that, guy. Sure. We'll run out of run out of clock before we get to the fifty-seven mm-hmm. points. I'm going to take Rutgers here. I know I know that those are last words that you know should well, never be spoken. But it's BC's first road trip, right? Yeah. So you got to take that into consideration. I just don't. I, you're talking about Rutgers D. I don't have much confidence in them versus AJ Dillon. And they bring that that quarterback back too from last year, who who had some some good games. He kind of fizzled out a little bit. I'm going over. Okay. I'm going to BC. Okay, I'm to going, cover the seven. Yeah, I am. Um, I, I I'm saying that less as what because people are typically overreactionary from the week before. Yeah. So people are gonna. My guess is people so looked up Boston College next game. Like, oh right. my god, I'm gonna I'm gonna put money on whoever Boston College is playing. They're like, oh, Rutgers. So that's why I'm kind of uh, why I'm leaning BC here. Okay. Is because I'm just going to chalk that up to kind of an anomaly. Okay. Okay. I, I don't think they play that bad again. I don't think okay. they can. Okay. I can see both points of view. By the way, I'm sta- I'm staying away. Yeah, I'm not going to actually touch bet. that with a <laughs> me either. 200 foot pole. But we we pick games on this podcast, so that's it for the morning games for now. So that leads us to our one our one single afternoon game we have in the Big Ten, uh, which upsets me. It's a crime. By the way. I wish they would move the Michigan State Northwestern game into the afternoon. Why not? That's stupid. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Isn't the whole point for TV viewers, viewers? right? <laughs> don't you want to get viewers? I don't know. Maybe I have it all wrong. All right. We have got the one and two Miami, Ohio Red Hawks traveling in 
to the shoe to take on the number six ranked three and oh Ohio State Buckeyes. It's a two thirty PM game on Big Ten Network. The line the Ohio State by a robust thirty nine points. The over under our second fifty eight point over over under what he got. This is only the sixth time these teams have met. Ohio also State, surprising. Obviously five and oh. How about that two thousand game? Remember this one? Ohio State coached by John Cooper won only 27 to 16 against a Miami team coached by the great Terry Hepner, who went on to IU. That was really? a barn burner. Wow. 1904, a little different. Ohio State won 80 to nothing. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that one. That was, yeah, that, that was, was, I had, I had, <laughs> it was the a snoozer. It was, it was over by the second quarter. Yeah. I don't remember what the total back, was for that. Back game, in but. those, that wasn't a forward pass time, right? Uh, no, I think forward pass was more like 1910, like, so they just they just they just they just ran the ball. I, I guess yeah. steamrolled right Wouldn't over. Wouldn't it be them. awesome to like watch the game film of that? I would love. I would. I always dream of like if if there was a time machine. Yes. To go back and watch some of these games from way back. Correct. Like I love old time. And you and you would and what I'd want to. I mean, I'd want to be there. And of course, you'd be wearing a suit and a yes. fedora. Yep. Oh, it'd be so awesome. It'd be fantastic. All right. Um. So the my mobile coach had maybe the quote of the week. Uh, he said when yeah. breaking down the film, he said it's like you go out when you play against Ohio State. It's like you go out and pick teams for recess, except they get the first eighty-five picks for to, yeah. before you play. So, and it feels that way for a lot of Big Ten teams too. So I, <laughs> I feel for Coach Chuck Martin. Um, hold on, yards per play differential negative one point nine for Miami Ohio and positive three point one for Ohio State. Yeah. Um, so Miami. Lost to Iowa to start the year out. Uh, beat Sisters of the Poor second week, and then lost to Cincinnati. And looked pretty bad doing it. And they have so they came out of the Iowa game beat up, and they yeah. haven't gotten any healthier since then. They didn't get any offense going. Yeah. So what? Let me ask you this: What would be the number one goal if you're a Ohio State fan, player, or coach in this game? No injuries. There you go. <laughs> I mean, that's that's obvious. <laughs> um, I would be distraught if if Justin Fields oh, played Lord. basically past midway of the third quarter. I mean just could could you imagine it I don't know even like third even second half. Could you imagine him getting hurt? That would be devastating. Absolutely. Yeah. Um he is averaging about eight carries a game. Two should be about the max here. I think so. And those you know, under protest, like there's just, I just have to run. Here. I had to, I yeah. had to, um, by the way, that would be my game plan. If I was, uh, the Miami of Ohio defense coordinator. Yeah. Just don't even like, you got to think that the Ohio state coaches are thinking the same thing. So I would be telling my players just, if you don't runs, respect the run. Yeah, exactly. For real. Yeah. Like, like we are going to drop back in coverage, you know, don't even put a spy on the guy, make him throw the ball. Yep. So see if, see if crazy things can happen. My questions are: How much will the Ohio State starters play? How fast do they come out of the gate? And like, what, what's the score? And you know, after they've had the ball four times, is it twenty-eight nothing already? And then, how many reps does Ryan Day want his second team to get? Like, how, how serious does he want? That's that's all. Because it's not it's not score. just Justin Fields. I don't want J.K. Dobbins carrying the ball right. very much. But I'm I, saying, like, if Gunnar Hope comes in. Do they air it out? Do they get him some reps? Yes. In case? Yes. So that's that's all I'm thinking of here when I'm looking at this total and when I'm looking at the spread. What about you? I think it can go over because I do think they will get Gunnar Hoke in there to try to get some Okay, so they beat – let's let's relate it to the Cincinnati game. They beat Cincinnati 42 to nothing. This 
Cincinnati pretty much throttled Miami, Ohio. Right. But but I, I we're getting into transitive property. I know here. which doesn't which, work. I know it, it doesn't work. But there's there's you know things you can look at. This this is my thought process is Ohio State is due for something a little bit sloppy. Just yeah, just that may be fall true. asleep behind the wheel defensively. Right. So I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take Miami Ohio in the points. I mean, it's uh, me 40, too. Forty I lo- points. It's, I love that. That's just way, way too much. To, and to then count. because of that, you pretty much have to take the over at that point, right? I mean, forty points for the uh, spread. Yeah. So if they cover that, you would think they got fourteen, seventeen points on the board. So, oh. so now, now you're thinking that is that impossible? I don't it's know. Not, I, I mean, it's I'm, a, I'm seeing another Cincinnati game. I don't. I don't think Miami can really score. I think their quarterback can move the ball down the field okay. a little bit. I, again, like you did, you kind of like the QB. I literally, I do, I did, I do. It, it's uh, uh, yeah, but Gabbert's younger brother, Gabbard, yeah, um, and he's looked okay since then, not great. But I just, I'm more looking at this from the college football universe perspective in the fact that there is going to be a big case of I don't give a shits going on with the Ohio State Buckeyes in this game. Okay, and that that would lead to. A little bit closer in the spread. Starters get pulled a little bit sooner. Blah, blah, blah. Gosh, I, I'm going back and forth. I just think 39 is too much. I have to go Miami, Ohio. Okay. And the points. But I'm going to I'm gonna lean to the under. Okay. Lean to the under? Yeah. Okay. I'll go over. All right. Again, one single evening game. We've got the two and one Nebraska Cornhuskers traveling into Illinois. Land of Lincoln to play the two and one. Illinois fighting Illini. This is a 7 o'clock p.m. game on Big Ten Network. This started out, in some cases, around 8, 8 or 9 I've, Even points. 7. I 7 is – it was past that so quick. I don't even know if I know. you can necessarily count that. It's all the way up to 13 points that Nebraska is favored by the over-under. Now, they're pretty healthy over-under. This is 64 yeah. points. It's the highest one on the board. Okay. Nebraska leads the overall series 12 games to 3 with one tie. Now, in 1923, four and five, they played three years in a row. Those were the three years that Harold Red Grange played for the University of Illinois, the Galloping Ghost, the Wheaton Iceman. Nebraska won the first two of those games. You would think this is the greatest player in Illinois history. They still couldn't win those first two, but Illinois took the third one. Okay. Yards per play differential, plus 2.4 for Nebraska, plus 0.9 for Illinois. Pretty close. Yeah. Yeah. Not bad. Um, I can't. Okay, so we got a night game. We got a night. Yeah. What? what there's going to be some red in the stadium. Do, oh. Is this going to be yes. Colorado ver- it levels It depends of red? how many Nebraska fans want to go to the game because I can tell you one thing in my notes, the, the Illinois fans have checked out at this point. Already. Yes. One loss is all tech. It, that I, I tell you, I cannot stress how important that game was last week. So Illinois fans feel ripped off. Like we've been waiting and waiting and waiting. And we're here. We finally have an opportunity to start three and oh, finally. And they blow it. So Illinois fans are pissed off and there will not be many at this game. I guarantee you that. Really? Okay. Yes. So there, let me go a step further. They're giving away free stu- student tickets. They're saying to students, if you want to come to the game, come to the game. No charge. Please we just come. want butts in the seats. Okay. Thankfully uh, the, the band, <laughs> from nebraska will be there to fill up a few more seats <laughs> <laughs> all right so yeah, dustin okay all right so <laughs> you can keep going but i had to, i'm all, all out right, that's all right. it okay I'm um our pal dustin shooty saturday tradition yeah 
was kind of threw out to Twitter. Is this a must win game for Lovey? I said, it's not a must win game. It's a must show up game. Yeah. Is that, it's definitely a must show up. game. Okay. It's definitely that. I mean, Look, they've got to win four conference games to to get to a bowl game. And at this point, after losing Eastern Michigan, I think he has to get to a bowl game. I don't see any other way. Okay. So the, you've got finite number of games that are winnable. I mean, you, you're not going to beat Wisconsin. You're not going to beat Michigan. You're not going to beat Iowa. Michigan State, eh. I mean, they, their offense is atrocious, but I almost consider that unwinnable. There's, there's not many games left. And so in that sense, it is kind of a must-win. So game. I think what you're saying is this wouldn't be a game that, you know, is – you don't expect to win it, but when you when you compare it to other games in the Big Ten to win, it ranks a little bit higher for the plausibility. Yes, of it being correct. That, even though it's a thirteen point spread. Um, now looking at the matchup, yeah. there are parts of this matchup that I can see that I would like as an Illini fan, <laughs> and then parts that I definitely don't like as an Illini fan. Do you do you? See where the the puzzles could fit together a well, I mean, little bit like that. The good news is that Nebraska's offense hasn't been playing that well. Illinois has an atrocious defense. The bad news is their defense looks pretty good. Nebraska's does. You know, I, I I expect Illinois to still score points. I don't see a great matchup here for Illinois. Here's the matchup I see. Okay, I think Brandon Peters has looked really darn good several times. Even he, last week. Yeah. He's looked bad or looked looked good, but he's also you, looked bad at times. Yes, pretty bad. So the way that you can get to this Nebraska, de- so this Nebraska defense is definitely improved. The, I don't think yep. there's any question about that. Um, at, uh, three weeks ago, a month ago, whatever, mm-hmm. where I thought Illinois would have a great chance to show some uh, uh, positivity in this game was running the ball against the Nebraska defense. I'm not as I'm not as convinced that that's a thing sure. anymore. Not seeing these two teams the first three weeks of the year. Um, with that being said, is there a chance that this is the game that Illinois rushing offense breaks out? That Corbin. Well, I can tell you this: Rod Smith has essentially admitted I kind of screwed up calling plays last week. He did not give the running game enough chance to get going, and he he, he kind of fell in love with the passing game, and then he was getting himself in in bad situations where he kind of had to throw the ball. So I think they are going to try to dedicate themselves more to the running game this, this week. Okay. And I gotta be honest with you. I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure if that's a good game plan or not. This is, this is boy, this is going to be a stupid statement, but it's a great game plan if it works, because sure. now you can kind of pick what you want to do. Because what I was actually going to get to is the, the place on the Nebraska defense that I feel like I, in watching their games is that you can throw the ball on okay. them. But where they get you is sacks and, and turnovers. They're doing a great job with both mm. sacks and turnovers. So maybe Rod Smith is on to something to keep it clean and get out of those those tough positions that the Nebraska defense feasts on. Well, Illinois is pretty good at giving up sacks and giving up the football. So right. I don't know. And that I- actually got that gets right into what I'm saying, how this is a great matchup for Nebraska. I think so. I have not seen Illinois play clean enough this year. The way they have to play clean to stay in this game. That's the way you, the way you beat Nebraska so far that I'm seeing is to play clean game. They're not capable of that. And I don't know if I can see that. I know I can't see it. And then I can't, your words, excuse me, are are playing into my uh, head, Mm -hmm. which is, 
concerns over the edge on the Illinois oh, defense. Well, let me tell you something. If I think what Nebraska should do is come out throwing the ball because you should be able to throw the ball in Illinois. You should. If they're struggling at any point in this game, like let's say it's getting deep in the third quarter, it's a really close game, start running Adrian Martinez because we cannot stop that. Our defensive ends are awful at run, at stopping the read option. So I think they've just got so many weapons to deal. The the great the best remedy for a sluggish offense is going up against an awful defense. You're going to go up against it this week. I think this is going to be a huge game for Adrian Martinez. You had said it a yep. month ago. Unfortunately, there's nothing that I see here that is going to change that. Um, the play that I like the most in this game is actually the under. I because I, like I, the under. I think there's a chance that this could look a lot like the Northern Illinois-Nebraska game last week yeah. where the Nebraska defense shows improvement again and there could be a sense of caving in this. Sure. In Illinois. Well, so here's my here's another thing I have is how is the team going to react? Because the fans have already reacted. They've said resoundingly, this is BS. We deserve better than this. I don't know. The, 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 this team could fold here. Okay. Um, so I do like the under as well. If I was not an Illinois fan, I think I would go Illinois plus the points. Okay. At 13, that's a lot. That I, is a lot. I, I feel like the smart money is in Illinois, but I'm an Illinois fan, so I'm going Nebraska all the way. Um. I'm neither an Illinois or a Nebraska fan. Uh, this looks like a Nebraska cover okay. to me. Uh, so I guess I'm going to make some money. Okay. All right. Um, anything else there? Or? No. Okay. Well, actually, I could just throw out there for people that are interested in betting. The, Illinois may have a few guys out still. So they the one almost for sure, Larray Oladipo, he was suspended last week, didn't play as one of the best defensive tackles on the team. Illinois doesn't suspend guys for one game. They suspend him for three. So I don't think he's playing. Then they have another number of injuries, also other D tackles, and they're so thin at safety right now. So that could play into that that Nebraska minus thirteen as well. Okay. So good luck to all your all the betters out there. Okay. All right. So that brings us to the Pretty easy one this week. The number 11, 2-0 Michigan Wolverines coming in to Cheeseland to take on the number 13, 2-0 ranked Wisconsin Badgers. It's an 11 o'clock a.m. game on Fox. The line is the Badgers by 3.5, the over-under at 43.5. If I told you, removing ties, there was one tie in this series, and of the remaining games, there were 66 games. What do you think the record would be, Michigan versus Wisconsin? Uh, 40 and 26. Yeah, that's what I would I would have probably guessed somewhere around there, too. 51 and 15. Okay. Wisconsin's I mean, only won 15 games against Michigan. Wisconsin was pretty awful for decades For a long, long time. There, so, okay. So they this this team these two teams did not play from 1906 to 1920. They were both in the Big Ten. Hmm. I think that, that must have... Back then, things were weird. I yeah. think that was probably like the athletic directors didn't like each other, so, so they, they just, just took e- a yeah, yeah. They just took a time off. I guess I thought that was weird. Um, Wisconsin's largest margin of victory was thirty-four to twelve in nineteen sixty-two. Growing up, my dad used to tell me about that nineteen sixty-two Wisconsin team. Not specifically that game, but he would tell me about the Rose Bowl game. They played USC in the Rose Bowl. They ended up losing the game, but it was the first bowl game ever to feature a number one versus number two team. And my dad would always tell me. They were getting their butts kicked. And then fourth quarter, they something clicked. 
and they just started scoring at will and just ran out of time. So the final in that game was uh, 42 to 37 Trojans. Oh, crazy. And it was it was considered like at the time it was like the best bowl game of all time. Really? But, yeah. First bowl game versus one versus two. First number one versus number two bowl game ever. That my friends, is why you tune into the Eyes on Big That's Podcast. That's right. That is a good little tidbit yeah. right there. Okay, yards per play differential, plus 1.1 for Michigan, plus 4.5 for Wisconsin. Wow. Yes. Yeah. Um, so here's what, I'm, here's what I'm, I don't want to deal with, and this is what I think we're going to deal with. Okay. National pundits, podcasts, radio shows, whatever. If Wisconsin wins, ah, oh, Jim Harbaugh. He can't win the big game. If Michigan wins, ugh, Wisconsin, they hadn't played anybody yet. They got exposed. I think that is what I, I myself, not even being a Michigan or Wisconsin fan, okay. can already see myself being annoyed with by Saturday night, Sunday. So you think even a close game, Michigan beats Wisconsin, let's say, that Wisconsin gets crapped on by the national media. Is that what it's going to take? Is it going to take a 28 to 27, this was a great game thriller for the national pundits to walk away and press with both teams? Uh, yeah. You see the, what I'm driving Yeah, at I do. But it is the first test for whiskey. I mean. Definitely. I, they, they're, they've basically been the bully beating up all of the wimps on the block, and now they finally face another bully here. USF. Didn't just look bad that night. They've looked bad most of the year. Central Michigan. I'm surprised how bad USF Yeah, is. I think we all are. Uh, Central Michigan, kind of the same way. Um, my point I'm trying to make is Wisconsin is good. This definitely oh, yeah. looks like yeah. the 2017 version of Wisconsin. They've yeah. gotten their mojo back. And they've gotten that bolstered up even more versus pretty subpar uh, uh, mm -hmm. opponents. Michigan, on the other hand, has played eh, not a great. They're, they've been Tennessee underwhelming, State. but their D's been good. See, and that is the thing. I, I mean, I think we touched on it versus uh, uh, a couple weeks ago after they had played uh, Army. It wasn't the defense's no. issue. This is that. offense all the way. So that is the first place that I'm going to. Like, the public has been over, you know, and I'm going a lot on Twitter. But it, it so far it has been overwhelming on the Badgers that that people are picking the Badgers to yeah, win this game. I know, and I know they're favorite. It's only by a you know a field goal, three three and a half points. But have you been surprised? Like I, I don't feel like I've seen anybody pick Michigan. So I don't. Far. I haven't either. Yeah. Um. Which is now you now you've you've got me thinking about this. So the 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 biggest thing that would scare me if I'm either betting on Michigan or I'm a Michigan fan. I feel like there's a little bit of something to compare with the Badgers from last year, which is I think there's a quarterback attitude problem going on in oh, Ann Arbor. Okay. Like a lot of Michigan fans are are upset with Shea Patterson. Um there have been rumors like he didn't get elected captain. The, that is the, weird, isn't the it? The interviews that he does. I've talked on this before. I, I didn't even know some of this stuff. I was just going off my own what I was seeing with Shea Pattern. He just looks like a sluggo getting interviewed. <laughs> I don't know how else to say it. Um, but on the other side of it, Dylan McCaffrey has had three passing attempts. When he's in there, he's just a running right. threat. I don't know. I don't see. You see Dylan McCaffrey playing much? I don't see My playing. point is, if it's not Shea Patterson, what are the options here for Michigan at quarterback? 
But you, you got to go to McCaffrey if, if, if you're taking But he it. hasn't thrown the, he's thrown the ball three times. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like, if there was another option at quarterback, I'd be more intrigued by it. But I think there's, it's just they're stuck with Shea Patterson this oh, year. I, yeah, they're stuck with Shea Patterson. But speaking of quarterbacks, so Jack Cones looked great against subpar competition. I want to see what he does against a big-time defense. I don't think he's going to play that well. I really don't. I think they're going to slow down Jonathan Taylor, but Jonathan Taylor's going to get his yards. He's going to score. Um, I like. I still like Wisconsin. Okay. See, everything you just used right there is why I like Michigan, plus the points. In fact, there could be a very plausible way that Wisconsin wins this game, but Michigan covers. Right. Like, this could be a – that, that hook – is a big hook. I like that hook. I'd I still know. like it at. I know it. I'd still like it at three, but the hook yeah. I like even more. I hope. I, I I was gonna go Michigan quick, but then I realized the public was moving that way. But this line has stayed steady. Yeah, it has. That tells me that Michigan is the play here. Okay. Um, if you're gonna ask me to pick a winner, I would say Michigan. But very yeah. easy for me to see a Wisconsin win, but a Michigan cover. I All the things you just pointed out, I guess I'm just kind of reiterating, but we have not seen Jack Cohn no. get stressed out yet. No, not at all. Um, a lot. Well, we saw of, it last year a little bit, actually. Well, this year, in <laughs> yeah, 2019. Not, Thank not you. No, year. that's a good point. Um, a lot of the issues with Michigan's offense has been fumbles. It has been yeah, that's true. really poorly timed fumbles yeah. and, and, and a couple other kind of turnovers. So if they clean that up, both teams idle last week, which is kind of crazy. Wisconsin yeah, didn't want kinda, to be idle, I don't think. That's interesting. Uh, no, I don't think Wisconsin wanted to. They wanted Michigan to play a little bit better. wanted team. to be idle. But it's going to be nice to see two fresh teams going at it for the game of the week. And the other freshness that I think we could see is what has been a banged-up Michigan offensive line. People forget that this was rumored to be the best Big Ten yes. offensive line preseason didn't really look like that it hasn't so far because mm -hmm. of injuries yeah. but the rumor is that they are gelling and getting healthier on the offensive line so it's not like these are uh, guys that lack starts they could they've got you know uh, experiences to draw from 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 last year I like Dylan McCaffrey to not turn the ball over. I like the Michigan offense to look quite a bit bigger. All the things you – yes, Jonathan Taylor, of course, will have 100 yards. He'll probably right. catch a touchdown pass, right. too, because that's what he does. Um, this isn't so much a knock on Wisconsin as it is. I think Michigan's about ready to re restate themselves on the national scene. I'm wondering if this Josh Gaddis offense, when is it going to click? Is this when it clicks? I don't think so against – not against a, this a very Wisconsin, good Wisconsin defense. defense. For that reason, I like the under. Okay. Yes. The the under at 43.5 is intriguing. But I go over. I don't like that either way. But okay. this, this again, this feels like a 28 to 27 game type of deal wow. to me. Uh, 25 to 23, something goofy like yeah. that. That's, that's how it feels to me. Yeah. And if you're correct... And Wisconsin wins the game. Yeah. Interesting stat that our boy Dustin Schutte threw out is that with the minimum amount. So of, it was actually the bear, uh, Chris Falica. Okay. And so he was he was writing about the bear. The bear, the bear. The bear came up with this. Okay. Minimum of six times that a head coach has been an underdog. Right. Without winning one of those contests. There's only two coaches 
In the Power Five. In the Power Five. Tom Allen at yep. Indiana yep. has never won a game as an outright underdog. He's 0-14 as an underdog. And Jim Harbaugh is 0-6 as an outright underdog. Yep. Now, the one thing that I pointed out to that is that most of those games are against Ohio State because Michigan is favored in most of the other games. So three of them were against Ohio State. One was against Penn State, one Wisconsin, and one Utah. Correct. So really good teams. And the Utah was right when he took over at Michigan. Yeah, that was 2015. That was his first game. Yeah. They were five-and-a-half-point dogs. So I'm just saying half are against Ohio State. Most teams don't beat Ohio State. The other thing I would point out, too, and again, people turn me into a Jim Harbaugh apologist, is he won a ton of games as an underdog at Stanford. At Stanford. In I fact, mean, he won one. They the was biggest 41. Under, point point underdog, one of the biggest what, underdog yeah. games. I mean, I'm just saying, like, there's a little bit of this that carries on. Is well, that fair enough? Yeah, that is fair, but go Scotty. Okay. Um, that wraps up the Big Ten teams. With that being said, um, there is one more Midwestern team that we would be cheering for on Saturday night, whether people like it or not, which is the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Absolutely. Um, because if they don't win and Georgia wins that game, we are going to get into the SEC Slap Fest, which has already begun. It's just going to get more kerosene thrown on it at the that point. The circle jerk. Yeah. Uh, already seen our boy Braden Gull and other people like that. They've got Alabama, LSU, and Georgia 1, 2, and 3 in the college football it was rankings a, that are in their well, brains. ESPN did, some, did an article, I believe, on it. Yeah, like... Let's do the plausibility yeah. of how we get three SEC teams yeah. how can we, into the how college can we pull this playoff. off? So something that would drastically help that is if, uh, if the Fighting Irish win. So. Go Irish. And I never I thought to... I'd hear myself say that growing up as a kid, but I've become... We're going to be hanging out watching some football. I might yep. wear a green and gold shirt over if I got All right. in the well, closet somewhere. It's going to be hard for me to put orange on, so maybe I will too. All right. So this is Jeffrey the Greek. And this is Big Kirk. This is the Eyes on Big Podcast. Thank you for listening. Bye.